This is Farah, and you're listening to the Be For Bacchus podcast, where we talk about wine stories from the Levant, Eastern Mediterranean, and the Caucasus. I'm really sorry this episode has taken so long, but I've been trying to take some time rather than go into overdrive, given the madness we're trying to cope with here in Lebanon. For those of you who don't know, we're currently facing a smorgasbord of problems, including an intense economic crisis. With that said, wow, did I get obsessed with this topic and all its little avenues of mystery. And it's going to be once again a challenge to pack all of this into a short and sweet episode. But I'm going to try. Lately, I've been watching old movies. On a search for some wine films, I found a listing of an old film called Wine from 1924. A quick search revealed that this film that was from the silent era was listed as lost, as in it's gone, doesn't exist anymore. Martin Scorsese's Film Foundation estimates that more than 90% of American films made before 1929 are lost. And the Library of Congress estimates that 75% of all silent films are lost. There are a few reasons why films went missing. The first one is that they were intentionally destroyed. They didn't matter once their runs in theaters were over because people didn't have TVs at home yet. Storing such things needs space, it needs money, and they just didn't see the point in doing that. Recycling them or selling them to scrap dealers was just the better option. The second main reason that there are so many lost films is because of fires. Nitrate film was what was used before 1952, and it's extremely flammable. It can spontaneously combust if it's not taken care of right. And Fox Pictures and MGM had huge fires that resulted in the loss of entire archives of films. Anyway, back to wine, the movie. It's set in the Prohibition era, or the time when alcohol was outlawed in the U.S. up until 1933. And it talks all about liquor trafficking for the rich. Clara Bow, who was one of the stars of this film, plays an innocent girl who turns into this vixen. I could only find a line about the film from a review in an LA Times article written by Grace Kingsley. Grace was the first film editor at the LA Times, and she kept writing reviews till she was in her 80s. Clara was a big name back then. She represented what it meant to be a modern woman. She wasn't conventionally seductive. She was effortlessly herself, and people were just drawn to that. There was, there was something naturally sexy and attractive about that. The movie Wine was Clara's first top-starring role, and she went on to be the it girl of the Roaring Twenties. In fact, the phrase it girl comes from her movie It. But back then, it meant having this charisma and confidence that people were just like, you know, they couldn't get enough of. It has nothing to do with what we know as it girl today, where it's like a socialite who gets into society pages. She retired from acting at age 28, and people thought it was because of the talkies era or the movies with sound. But she had done a few talkies, and it was actually because she had mental health issues. She had schizophrenia, just like her mother. Of course, as I'm doing this digging for this lost film and many others with wine in their titles, and I'm reading about these films that were once declared lost, but then they were found, like It, Clara's movie. They had found a copy in Prague after they had assumed it was lost forever, so it's not impossible these things can still resurface. 
But as I'm doing this digging, I'm wondering about our region, mainly Lebanon and Egypt, as they were the cinema hotbeds of yore. And I'm thinking, do we have any films that talk about wine or alcohol like that? I mean, we're not commonly associated with such a thing, right? Now, listeners of the podcast know better. You guys know that we are definitely associated with such a thing. But is it in the pop culture of the last hundred years? A quick Google dive leads me to Denanir from 1939, which is a film starring Um Kulthum, and it has a cameo of an Abu Nawas character. He's an Arab wine poet. You can go back to episode 10 for info on him. So it's related, but it's a stretch. And it's not about alcohol in a real way. That's not what I'm looking for. I go to the best source for such a question. Aboudi Abu Jaudi. Aboudi is a national treasure. He's got a personal collection of over 20,000 film posters across Egypt and Lebanon and the region. And he's just a really gentle soul. So I go visit him, bring my dad this time. I ask him if he knows of any films like what I'm looking for. And he starts going through his digital archive and he pulls up the poster of Cigarro Cas, also known as a glass and a cigarette. He mentions Kas al-Azab, and then he and my dad start reminiscing about Abi Fouq-Shajra, which is a Abdul Halim classic film from the 70s, which Aboudi says also features alcohol, but I'm just staring at this Sigara Kas poster like, this is it. I have to know more about this movie. I go back home, and I start the investigation. And I can't find it. Well... I do find information about it and scattered clips of it, and I know the plot and who's starring in it and who directed it, but I can't find the full film anywhere. It's not lost, but I can't find it online, and none of the archives are answering me. I resort to Twitter. I can't find this full film, except for one source, but it's dubbed in Russian. (sighs) So I watch it dubbed in Russian. And I use Google Translate's conversation feature to try to piece together parts of it I haven't seen from the other clips. You guys, I love this film. Shall I tell you why? I'm going to tell you why. First, it stars Samia Gamal, Kuka, and Dalida. Samia is a legendary belly dancer, and I can't help smiling whenever she's smiling on the screen. She's so magnetic, and the way she moves is just insane. What's wild about these three women is that their real lives were just as dramatic as the ones they would play on screen. Samia had tumultuous love affairs, one with a Texan, another with Rushdi Abaza, another with Farid Al-Atrash. Kuka was the first Arab actress to make it big, and she married this film's director, Niazi Mustafa, but they later divorced when he maybe married someone else. I'm still trying to figure that one out. Dalida's life seems to be the most tragic, though. She was an Italian-Egyptian beauty queen slash actress slash singer who was known across Europe and the world. But when away from the spotlight, she had a very bumpy life and she was surrounded by suicides of those close to her. And ultimately, after a battle with depression, she committed suicide in 1987. Now back to the film itself. This is the loose plot, okay? Samia plays Huda 
a famous dancer, and Kuka plays her best friend Azza, the singer. Huda gives up her stardom when she marries Dr. Mamdouh, a young surgeon. She funds a hospital for him and has a baby. And Mamdouh's Italian head nurse Yolanda, played by Dalida, is the scheming seductress and she drives Huda into these jealous fits which in turn drive her to drink. Alcohol here is the great villain. In the end, after a possible divorce, a bitch-slapping fight with Yolanda, and an accidental fire started by a cigarette when she was drunkenly passed out, Huda learns that her addiction was out of hand and she never should have doubted her husband. In my search to find this film, I found a blog post that mentions a 1947 American film that Cigarocas is based on. Smash up the story of a woman. Obviously, I watched this film too to see just how much of a knockoff it was. It becomes very clear that Cigarocas was definitely inspired by this film, but there are some things that differ. They're about the same length, and there are scenes that are completely copied, but at the same time, there are differences that make me favor the Egyptian one way more than Smash Up. Sure, I'm biased, but let me explain. Smash Up stars Susan Hayward, and it was a much more somber tone. It's much more mopey dramatic, whereas Cigarocas is melodramatic and kind of comedic. Although both films perpetuate the idea of a woman's place is at home with the family, the Egyptian one has strong female leads with memorable personalities. Azza is the best friend every woman wants. Not that Hoda wasn't being destructive, but just listen to Azza tell off Mamdouh when he complains about her bad habit. <laughs> Cigarocas pushes for marriage as this goal in life, but the men are definitely just decoration, even with this domesticated storyline. In my opinion, one key difference in the films is the power of the woman's status after marriage. Hoda is a famous dancer who then funds the construction of her husband's hospital, whereas Angie who was a singer before marriage, now watches her husband's career as a singer skyrocket while she takes a back seat. The former is resentful because she gave up her dream to fund his, while the latter seems jealous because her husband is living her dream instead. The fact that there was a vampy assistant exacerbating these feelings for both women is added and serves as comic relief for the dark alcoholism that arises. Even the title of the American 1947 film is almost anti-woman as a depiction of a woman's downfall. Alcohol, though, is demonized in both as a coping mechanism for all of this. In Egyptian cinema, basing films off of films from the West is quite common even until today. There are mixed reports as to when cinema began in Egypt. Some say 1896, while others say it was like a decade later. But in the 1950s, when Cigarocas came out, Egypt's cinema industry was the world's third largest, and it was right before nationalizing happened with Gamal Abdel Nasser in the 60s. Now, if we go back to the early 1900s, 1920s, archaeology during that time, along with the discovery of King Tut's tomb in 1922, resulted in Egyptomania, or Tutmania. Suddenly, fashion, film, architecture, they were all heavily influenced by all things ancient Egypt. 
Even Beirut's National Museum is Egyptian Revival architecture because of the French. If you look at old ads from palm olive shampoo from the early 1900s, it's all Cleopatra and the magic of 3,000 years ago. Just think of flapper girls' dresses and belly dancers' costumes. There are a lot of similarities. The beading, the headpieces, the kohol eyeliner, statement jewelry. Cigarro Ocas was influenced by the U.S., but the 1920s of the U.S. was influenced by ancient Egypt. So now we've come full circle. If you like this episode, please share with your friends, rate, review on iTunes, or just share a screenshot of it on your Instagram story. It'll really help get more people to listen to this podcast. And if you're interested, Netflix Mina has released many Arabic films recently, including some old ones by Egyptian director Yusuf Shaheen. There are tons of wine films nowadays that I'll be sharing via Instagram as well as I watch them, so please look out for that too. And if you really love what I'm doing, consider subscribing on Patreon. It's a website where you can support creators and you just sign up for a monthly amount and you get access to exclusive content by becoming a patron. And I'm going to be releasing more exclusive stuff there. So jump on that. There will be more on this episode shared on Instagram throughout the week. Thanks for listening to Just a Drop. This is Farah signing off for the Be For Bacchus podcast.